to Enterprise. Lock on transporters. Beam is up. Scotty. If everything goes according to plan, come beam us up. Captain, beam me up. Hello and welcome to Pop Me Up Scotty, a podcast where we rewatch all of Star Trek in chronological order. I'm Andrea and this is Oshin. Hello. Hello. And today we are discussing the sixth episode, The Andorian Incident. I don't have the summary pulled up. I am so unprofessional. I mean, you could you could make it up, right? Uh sure. From the of the Enterprise, go to visit Vulcan monks, and Andorians are there. And I can say that because it's in in the title of the episode. Yeah, <laughs> not a spoiler. It's literally the first thing we see. Should should I read the official the official thing? Yeah, you can. Yeah, go for it. Archer, Trip, and Tipol are caught at a Vulcan sanctuary by the Andorians. They think the sanctuary is used. To spy on Andoria. I think mine was better. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Uh, the Netflix summary kind of leads you on and it's already a bias against the Vulcans. Yeah, well, I mean, rightfully so, especially in this episode. Spoilers. <laughs> so what are your thoughts and opinions? So I liked this episode, but there are also some choices in it narratively that I'm like why did they do that? Uh-huh. Like I do I like the episode as a whole. It's a good episode. It um throws some cats among some pigeons in terms of diplomatic uh, relations in terms of even just our crew's own personal relationships with each other, I think, and trust issues. But we talked recently. I think it was on episode three mm-hmm. where they go down to the the planet and they all get drugged yes and we talked about how it was preventable we <laughs> talked about how it was preventable we talked about why the captain went down with trip and paul we talked about how i think in other star treks captains have been advised maybe don't take your two sub commanders with you down to a you know a planet, leaving your ship unprotected and unmanned, except by a trigger happy lieutenant Englishman. Yes, yes. And yet, this is what they do. They they didn't listen to our episode. They're just <laughs> like I, I'm going there. I'm the captain. Trip, you're you're an engineer. We'll definitely need you in a monastery. <laughs> to Paul in a monastery with. With presumably no technology. Uh, yeah, this is what we're told. Literally, she tells them. I, I No, wait, maybe she doesn't tell them. No, she she does tell them that there is no communicator or anything to let them know that they're going down. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, I, I mean, to Paul, you can justify them bringing to Paul. Yeah. She's Vulcan. <laughs> She's going to know the protocols and, the, you know, their language and stuff. Yeah. Trip just does not need to be there at all. There's no reason for him to be there. No, I would have understood Hoshi more than Trip. 
Yeah. Because at least Hoshi is a linguist and, you know, they can communicate in Vulcan and whatever. I mean, she doesn't need to be there, but like, neither does Trick. Also, Hoshi hasn't had a lot to do in the last few episodes. Yeah. I'd like more Hoshi, please. But aside from that minor quibble, I did enjoy the episode. And I did enjoy the um, Andorians. And I enjoyed the Vulcans being very untrustworthy and sneaky and duplicitous. Because it's not something we see of Vulcans often. But yeah, what did you think of this episode? My opinions on this episode, I liked it. Not one of my favorites, but not like last week's. Okay. Um, yeah. I do like Vulcans generally, so I do like learning more about them and their customs and how they are different to us. It didn't make much sense to me that they are monks because they are supposedly logic-based. And I understand oh. that they go there to perch of emotions, but like, still doesn't make sense because it's very religious. Uh, the whole thing is like a sanctuary with monks, and they have rituals, and it's very like human. <laughs> yeah, it seemed to me though that it was like um, not so much a religious monastery as a kind of philosophical monastery because they have the stone that represents their way of logic, and there was like they did reference a I think it was an idol to a to a philosopher who's it was his original idea to to purge themselves of emotion but i completely see your point and i agree that that's it does seem very contradictory to the vulcan way of life yeah i mean again i do like vulcans and i like learning about them so mm. and this show i think does an okay to good job on giving more background to vulcans and I'm excited for you to learn more and see your opinions on them. But yeah, no, for sure. Not a bad episode. And if they just didn't listen to our podcast episode about not leaving the ship unattended with a captain and your first and second in command after you're gone. Because things can happen. And you just walked into a hostage situation. And that also gave Reed the opportunity to go into power on the ship. How do you feel about that? Him sitting on the captain's chair. Here's the thing. And this is, even though I liked this episode, it did make me like side with Reed. Because the first instance that we see of Reed in this scene is him and Hoshi, they're around the control panel or whatever. And he's like, The shuttle sensors should have picked it up. They went to visit some monks. Why would they scan for alien ships? It should be standard procedure, that's why. I was like, yeah, I don't know if they did scan or if the scanners didn't detect them. Either way, I mean, he's right. They should have absolutely scanned and they should have detected the ship. And yeah, I was like, Reed's Reed making sense here. And I don't know how I feel about this. So I think Archer is overly trusting and like not worried about what could happen when he goes down there because, oh, it's a sanctuary with Vulcans and we have a Vulcan with us. So nothing's going to happen. And Reed is a paranoid that loves guns. So obviously mm -hmm. he's going to be more like he's a security chief thing person. So obviously he's going to be the one to be like, why didn't they scan? But at the same time, shouldn't he have been the one to scan before they went down? Yeah, but he can only do what he's told. Maybe he wasn't told to. Right. You're trying to, to side with him now, but 
Okay. No, I'm just saying that I would not be surprised if Archer didn't tell him to. No, because... yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Like, he's, again, he's very trusting, and it's a vo- They already know who is down there. Yeah. They they didn't have a reason to suspect any foul play or anything was wrong. Mm-hmm. So why would they scan for anyone if they knew who was down there? But here's the thing as well with Archer and that he's very... You, you, you say he's very trusting. I agree to an extent. I also think he's just a bit naive. There's a fine line between trusting and naivety. There is a fine line. But I feel like... I'm going to give the show the benefit of the doubt that they're doing this on purpose because it is Starfleet's first mission of exploration. But I do feel like Archer and Trip, both of them are guilty of this. They're very much treating this mission like a tour bus. <laughs> and they're <laughs> acting like tourists. Ooh, a monastery. Let's go visit the monastery, take some pictures, you know, get a taste of the local culture. We saw it earlier when they went down to the planet and they were taking pictures. And I just don't like it. And I think there's also an element to them where they're not and again maybe the show is doing this on purpose they don't seem really interested in learning about other cultures but more kind of not mocking them but being amused by them and obviously there is a history between humans and vulcans and we obviously know that they have uh, negative feelings towards the vulcans which is understandable to an extent but yeah they don't seem very respectful a lot of the time of other cultures and we haven't seen them interact we've literally only seen them interact with the vulcans um the zerillians and i can't remember the name of the the race that were being drained of their fluid but i don't there wasn't much interaction with them but yeah i mean i just i would like to see them be a bit more kind of i suppose respectful and taking on board what paul has to say about things because T'Pol was very not very anti but she was clearly reluctant to bring them to this monastery because it was an important place to the Vulcans. I mean I get that makes yeah, sense. exactly and they're treating it like a tourist spot. Yeah imagine if I went to Tibet and because I had a friend there and I'm like oh there's a there's a, a monastery up there I want to go and my friend's like actually no <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're not welcome it's not open it's not open to you you know you you can't just yeah. drop by and announce so yeah she has all the right she knows what goes on there and what works being done and she knows whether it's appropriate to go or not and they just go anyway and then when she's like oh i couldn't reach them so now we're going unannounced they're really pissed off and he's like oh well i don't like arriving unannounced yeah it's like, okay, but you just want to announce your arrival, but you're still going to okay, go. I, just, I mean, it's not like you're giving them a choice. So I just thought of something. So did she try and she didn't? She couldn't because there's no thing? Or she just said, I can't because there's no technology down there? Because if she tried, she would have reached at least the Andorian communicators and shit. Like if they search for a communicator... To communicate with the Vulcans, they yeah. would have found the Andorians. Yeah, I don't know. Do they have... I don't know. Is it like walkie-talkies, though? Are there different frequencies for communicators? I assume. Or maybe she didn't try just assuming that there weren't any technology. Yeah, I, I, just, I think because I think if they... If, if they had scanned for communicators, they would have found at least the ship 
even if they don't carry them with them, at least the ship has to have a communicator, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, similarly to, you know, how we were talking about Star Trek can cure cancer, but not radiation last week. They do kind of take liberties with how efficient technology is sometimes because obviously yeah. no one manages to detect that massive <laughs> uh, surveillance station beneath the ground. And that's obviously giving off signals of some sort. Yeah, that is true. But I, are are they scanning for it? Well, the Andorians are. Yeah, but we know it is said on the episode that Andorian's technology is less advanced than Vulcan's. Ah, okay. I they that. are from the same. They are said to be from the same planet system or star system. Mm -hmm. Like they're sibling systems, but they are less advanced, and that's why they think that the Vulcans are spying on them. Yeah. They are paranoid because they are not as advanced as Vulcans. And they think that Vulcans have the means to do that, uh, which they do. Yeah, clearly. I, I do have one thing to say, and it's not like a big thing. I mean, it is a big thing for me. It's not a big thing particular to this episode, but it's something that annoys me so much about Star Trek in general. Okay. Exciting. Vulcans have green blood. That is canon. Okay. They are never portrayed as green-skinned. So because we have red blood, our, you know, our lips are pink, our ears are pink, our blush is pink, melanin turns brown, you know. Mm -hmm. Vulcans have green blood. Therefore, their lips should be green, ears should be green, skin should be light green, pale green. If there's a black... Vulcan should be dark green, uh, assuming mm -hmm. they have melanin. And it annoys me because in this episode, because they had so many Vulcans, you can actually kind of see that they tried to make the prosthetic ears less pink. Not green, but less pink. Oh, really? It was more like a gray. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, but it's very annoying because Vulcans are green. I mean, it, it it's just a simple thing. Not to, they should have not made them green. You know, like greens, uh, blooded. You don't say that their blood is green, and you can just have any actor play any Vulcan. But I think it would make much more sense to see T'Pol being green on the ship. It would be such a different interaction with her if the if she was visibly so different. Mm. So considering that that they should be green. Then you have the Andorians, and they are fully blue. Very blue. So they can do it. They can do it. They can change the skin. They just don't want to. And yeah, that's the thing that irks me, because in the original series, they only do it somewhat. Again, like the prosthetic is like grayish. <laughs> and in the new ones, uh, Spock gets a cut on his lip, and the blood that comes out is green. But <laughs> nothing else is green. Yeah. So it annoys me. It doesn't bother me at the same level it bothers you. I didn't even I didn't even know they were green blooded. Yeah, they are. I hope it annoys you more now that you know <laughs> that they should be green skinned. No. No, it doesn't. Like their tongue should be green. Like everything should be green. We're only pink because our blood is red. Yeah, but Andrea budget <laughs> <laughs> Just a little even just a little green blush, you know? You do know how much green blusher is. It's so expensive. 
they do they do have to make hulk with cg so <laughs> i don't know exactly yeah Speaking of the Vulcans, though, because yes. um, I did want to ask you about something that's mentioned in this episode, and it's been mentioned kind of throughout the series, and I I wasn't aware of it, I think, before. Uh, this whole thing of Vulcans having a very strong sense of smell and humans stinking. How long have you lived on the Earth ship? Nine weeks and four days. The smell must be intolerable. You get used to it. And I was given a nasal numbing agent. Is that a thing that's mentioned in the original series, or I don't remember Spock ever bringing it up. I don't. It just seems like a weird thing to suddenly introduce, or I mean, it's funny. I think usually the sense of smell is very related to hunting, like hunting pre- uh, hunting animals. So, like, hunting dogs have very good sense of smell. Cats have very good sense of smell. So it's funny that Vulcans have very good sense of smell. It uh, leads you to... I mean, it led, led me to believe, like... Are they into logic now? Because they were, they used to be, like, savages. But, yeah, no, I don't know what that relates to. I don't remember Spock ever bringing it up. In any... In any iteration, like not the original series, not the movies, not the remakes, not uh, Discovery, never. It's never been mentioned. Yeah, because it's just, it's just, it's, it's been mentioned quite a lot, this series already, with DePaul. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing where this Vulcan-Andorian conflict will go, because again, it's new to me, and the Andorians, I don't know a lot about them. Did you know them before? I think I might have seen them before. I think they appear in Discovery. Maybe they, yeah. I think they might appear in maybe Deep Space Nine, but I'm not sure about that. But I do know that I have seen the actor playing the lead Andorian before. Because I don't know if you know this, but that is uh, Jeffrey Coombs. And he holds the record for the most characters played on Star Trek. Do you know how many characters he's played on Star Trek? No. It's somewhere between 8 and 14. Oh my god. It's really weird because he's he's not recognisable, but his voice is very recognisable. He's got a very kind of husky voice. And I'm looking forward to, to see if you can recognise him in future episodes or future series. Does he play different characters in the same show? He has done, Oh yeah. my god. I know he's played three characters in one series. I'm not going to tell you which yeah, one. Yeah, no, don't, don't do that. And he's definitely played other characters in other series as well. That's crazy. Okay, I'll keep an eye out for that. I know that he comes back as an Andorian in this show, obviously. I mean, I would be annoyed with you for spoiling that for me, but I did actually know that. I, in looking up how many characters he played, I did actually see, oh, he's a recurring. He does come back in that role. I mean, it does make sense with how the episode ends. Yeah, I mean, the episode is clearly not just a one-off. They're clearly setting up something for further down the line. And so when you... had, Were you aware of them before you watched this episode for the first time? I don't remember because I don't know if I watched Discovery first. And then I don't... I don't know if I did. If I started with Discovery and then I was like, actually, let me rewatch everything. And I started with this. I mean, I know they're not on the remakes. And I don't remember if they are in the original series, so maybe they were new to me. 
if I didn't watch Discovery because I don't think I don't think I knew them because in Discovery I think they're not at the beginning of the show. It's a, like the second season maybe that they are in if I remember correctly. So I think I would I, I would assume that I didn't know them and that it was a new alien for me. And I'm curious how this if you can remember because obviously I know you you've seen the rest of this series and hindsight is going to have an effect on your answer. But when you first watched this episode, obviously you were still very pro-Vulcan. So I'm curious as to how this made you feel about the Vulcans because they are very duplicitous in this. And for the moment, even though the Andorians, we may not agree with their methods of how they did it, but they were justified in what they were doing. How did how did you feel about that? If you can remember. I don't... I guess I was shocked and intrigued to know why. Mm-hmm. Even now, I don't remember exactly what happens with the conflict. So I couldn't tell you like, oh, yeah, the Vulcans are justified or, oh, no, they're not. Uh, so even now, I'm thinking like, they must have a reason. Because why would they stalk uh, civilization for no reason being Vulcans? I think humans would do that. Humans would just stalk someone for the sake of learning more about them, but not with any means or, like, reason behind it. I mean, they do. Yeah. (laughs) We do it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Your phone is doing it all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Google. Thank you. But for the Vulcans, maybe that this is my bias, that I like them and I want to think highly about them. Uh, I'm like, they have to have a reason. And now I'm like, I don't remember if there was, so maybe there is, and maybe there isn't. Okay. But yeah, I think this episode is quite shocking if you're just seeing it for the first time without any previous knowledge, and you're like, okay, but I thought the Vulcans were like serious people and logic people and not emotion-based and driven. And suddenly you get this whole base of operations spying on someone else, but... That's my impressions. And it's interesting because even T'Pol doesn't know about it. Like, even she seems surprised. So clearly there's going to be some emotional conflict, testing of loyalty maybe for her. Yeah, I mean, there was already in this episode when Archer ordered her to take evidence that this was there and give it to the Andorian. So there already was a little bit of conflict of interest, maybe. Listen. She's such a good character because when he offers to share the blanket with her and he doubts her for being Vulcan, she gets really angry for a Vulcan and is like, I've never not followed your orders. And it's true because he's given her orders that go against what she wants to do and thinks and believes, and she still has done them. So... She's such a great character for that and for calling his bluff when he's telling her maybe he doesn't trust her. What I like about that scene as well is that she does get her own back because when we zoom out at the end of the scene, she's literally got all the yes. blankets. <laughs> he doesn't have any blanket. Yeah, I think she was willing to share and then he fucked up. And then she was like, okay, then fuck you. Now, if it had been a trip, that's a different story. Uh, I don't think wasn't. Trip would have shared, would have offered. She, he wouldn't. He would have just given it to her, but I don't think 
he's the kind of person to be like, okay, there's room here, at least not now. Oh, okay. I mean, that's what I think now that it happens, but like, yeah. Hmm. And then, yeah, obviously, we get the rescue operation. Reed gets to shoot some things and some people, which he seems very happy about. There's a grin on his face at the end when, after Archer punches the Vulcan, Reed is like, Violence in a sanctuary, Captain. (laughs) He's very happy about it. He's turned on. (laughs) I like how even the rest of the crew, because we've been talking the last few weeks about how trigger happy and obsessed with guns Reed is. And I like that it is obviously acknowledged in the show here when they're talking about whether Reed will come to rescue them or not. The longer we're out of contact, the more likely Malcolm will put together a landing party. Warning or no warning. Known him, a heavily armed landing party. Yeah. (laughs) So I like how that's kind of, they're acknowledging it at least. (laughs) Yeah. um, I think, I mean, we talked shit about him, but I think in this episode he did great. And I, I'm annoyed. He did good. I'm not going to say great. Okay, but he didn't do bad. He did great compared to the others who abandoned him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in charge of the ship. Also, so if the four of them are down on the surface, the next one in command is Hoshi? Or Mayweather? They're ensigns. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's definitely, I think it's, is Mayweather's first name Travis? Yes. Yeah, okay, so it's Travis who takes their call at the end on the ship. But yeah, him and Hoshi are both ensigns. Surely there's another lieutenant on the ship. There should be. Like, if there's Even, only yeah. four... Uh, if there's only four crew members who are above the rank of ensign, that's not a very good <laughs> ship. Like, It's not a good ship, no. no. But yeah, I think it probably would have left Hoshi and Mayweather in charge. But they don't really focus on that. Yeah. They just kind of like, yeah, 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 whatever. We definitely needed an engineer on this monastery with no technology. <laughs> Although it turned out they did I mean, need him. I mean, there was they technology. Did they did need him in the end. Yeah. L- listen. Plot. But yeah, no, overall, I think a good episode. Certainly a bounce back from last week's episode. Yeah, I think last week's episode was 2020. And you can't get much lower than 2020. So it's all the way up from here. What do you mean 2020? Like the year. Oh, right. Like the year. Because 2020 was a really bad year. Yeah, I get you. Um, should we talk about Flox's really woke speech about diversity and all that jazz? I mean, we can. <laughs> uh, I think if someone is going to give a speech about diver- diversity, it's going to be him. And it's it's great that he uses her logic and her culture against her yeah it's like isn't aren't Vulcans the one that says that infinite possibilities with infinite whatever the sentence is I'm sorry I'm butchering it so this is this is it yeah this is it bitch (laughs) I confess I feel awkward myself on this ship sometimes out of place but what is that Vulcan motto um infinite diversity in infinite combinations. Hmm. <laughs> and what is diversity? A uh, celebration of differences. I wonder if you might remind me of our mission on this vessel. Please, indulge me. <laughs> our mission is to make contact with those who humans consider new life and new civilizations. In other words, to seek infinite diversity. 
I suppose so. Well, then, it seems to me a cultural exchange between your Vulcan brethren and your human crew is simply a furtherance of that mission. No, it's great. And it's great to see them together because we haven't really seen Phlox and T'Pol interact much. Yeah, and you would think that the only two aliens on the ship would at least have some kind of relationship, like friendship or acquaintanceship. I think we've seen them before in the in the diner, remember when he's suggesting she try some human food. They eat, they they interact a lot in the cafeteria. They seem to be lunch buddies. Yeah. When she when she orders carbonated water and she gets black goo. Answering our question from the first episode of whether they have replicators or not. They do. They do. <laughs> they don't have sonic showers yet though. Yeah, no, it's a normal shower. It's a normal shower, which begs the question where they get the water from, but maybe they replicate it, but yeah. I mean, water is one of the easiest things to create. Like, it's hydrogen and oxygen. So it's like, what, if you're going to make something, make water instead of, like, a steak. Okay, go make me some water, Andre. I have watched The Martian, so, like, out of all the chemistry that they can do, I don't think water is the hardest thing for them to achieve naturally. That's what I'm saying. It's not that I can do it. It's that they, they can cure cancer. I'm sure they can make water yeah, on a ship. <laughs> Possibly, yeah, okay. They can cure cancer on a ship, like not even in a hospital. Yeah. Like on a ship. That blew my mind away. Yeah, I think... And just one other thing that I have in my notes here is that when they're in the monastery and... To Paul is suspicious that something is going on, um, and she mar- she remarks on like a an, an idol that is kind of fallen over, and Trip just makes this really sardonic dick comment like, and the icon in that shrine is perched at an odd angle. Oddly perched, huh? We better call Starfleet Command. Trip, <laughs> don't be such a dick. <laughs> yeah. You would think that they've known each other long enough that they know that she's not one to exaggerate things. Nine weeks, as we know, learn in this episode. Yeah, like, if you knew me for nine weeks and I was a Vulcan and suddenly I called panic to something like, he's not acting right and there's this thing that is misplaced and I'm not 100% sure that everything's fine here and you made fun of me, mm-hmm. you're eating carbonated goo for dinner. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's it's what you're just, doing. It's just really weird, and again, it goes back to what I was saying about how they just kind of lack of respect for other cultures. It's not even a cultural thing, though. No, it's a personal it's thing. It's a personal thing. I mean, Archer does jump into examining the room. Yeah, no, Archer right does. Away. Like Trip, Trip is the one that is an asshole. <laughs> yeah, uh, Archer is like, if my Vulcan science officer is telling me something's wrong then something's wrong yeah and also okay so we archer fucks up by going down there no scanning no anything whatever taking his two sub commanders yeah <laughs> but when he's being interrogated with a punch on his face i do like that she he's like she's my vulcan officer yeah we're not conspiring against anyone like she he he treats her like a crew person I mean, that's what she is, but like seeing him being like, no, she's part of my crew and that's why she's with us. Yeah. It's very important, I think, because I think 
Archer, he's obviously still learning and he fucks up and he's going to continue to fuck up. I, I don't remember how, but I'm sure. Yeah, no, I'm sure he will. <laughs> but he, I'm going to talk for myself, but I think you'll agree. If I can say something good about him is that he really, truly cares about his crew. And this is just a way of showing it, I think. Because it's, I think it's, you know, important that the captain overall cares about the crew. Because there's no captain with no crew, so... Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think he's very loyal to his crew. I was wondering why they were torturing him. Because he's the captain. But, like, why not torture the Vulcans who are actually running the monastery? I mean, if someone came... So, if you had a, a hostage situation because you thought that they were spying on you and some new people suddenly came around, I understand going for the new people and being like, what the fuck are you doing here? What do you know? Are you working with them? And they're eavesdropping when he introduces, like, when they arrive. So they probably know that he's the captain and that's why they go after him. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Like, it's never a good idea to threaten the people that you think are after you. Oh, right. So that's why they didn't torture the Vulcans. I don't know if that's why, but, like, I wouldn't... If I'm If I think you're spying on me, I'm not going to punch you in the face. I'm going to try to find the reason or the equipment that I think you're using. But if I start to abuse you, then my cards are out of the window because I'm I'm losing all the power that I have by hitting you. But if someone else comes around, if if your if your roommate comes around, I'm like, is he is he is listening to my phone calls? Yeah, fair. Um, I know maybe maybe Vulcans are immune to torture as well because their logic would like override. They just float away. Logically, like, it's mm. mo- logically it makes more sense for me to just endure this torture than to give away. You know what? Is it? The needs of the many are the needs of the few. What? They're they have pancakes. <laughs> what pancakes? Pain kinks. Oh, pain. <laughs> I'm just gonna enjoy this thing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, I just add that this is the last episode that I'm rewatching, and okay. from now on, it's all new to me, and I'm excited. I'm so excited. I'm really excited. This like is... this is what I signed up for, us not knowing what the other person is gonna say. Yeah, this dynamic now is gonna change, folks. Yes. But uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to find out what's what's going on. I suspect. There won't be much follow-up in the next episode. I suspect we'll get a, okay. a regular Star Trek episode. Um, maybe the odd mention to it. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm curious. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the next I'm episode. checking. I don't remember what the next episode is. Can you? Oh, Breaking the Ice. Ooh. Is that the name of the episode? Yes. What? Don't read the thing. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I never, I never, okay. I never read them. Unless I've already Neither. seen them. But yeah. Um, okay, cool. Okay, so thank you for joining us on this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll be back next week with episode 7, Breaking the Ice. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at PodMeUpScotty. And thank you for the cover art to Asim and Jam on Fiverr. Bye. Bye. Scotty, come in. Ready to be my...
Beamer's up home. Yeah. Well, I mean, rightfully so, especially in this episode. Spoilers. Can you fix your phone again so I can see you? Oh, sure. Thank you. Actually, no, put it back then. It Fuck better you. Either. Um, and so what? It's slipping, it's slipping, it's slipping, it's slipping, it's slipping! 